Hey, this is Ryan Tucker, and welcome to the weekly podcast, The Unchangeable Truth. We just sit down with Pastor Stephen as he discusses his sermon from Highland Park Baptist Church, and we are honored and thankful that you've decided to listen. And we ask you to go ahead and, and click that subscribe button, click that like or the follow button. And then again, we are honored and thankful that you've decided to listen. So keep listening as Pastor Stephen discusses his weekly sermon. Welcome back to the weekly podcast. We have Pastor Stephen in the room to be able to talk about what we talked about on Sunday. And it comes from Romans chapter 8, verses 18 through 25. And the title this week is Hope is Alive. And so, Pastor Stephen, you're looking at verses 18 through 25, and you talk about your first point is creation groans for new birth. But before we get into all those points, you're going to say groans quite a bit through some of your sub points and all those things. Can you, before you start, or as you're talking about your first point, can you can you peel the layers back on what exactly groan is meaning in the scripture here? <laughs> yeah, I think it's a uh, it's a uh, a deep guttural cry. Guttural, of, yes, a, a deep guttural cry of something's not right. I sense within myself, uh, you know, something's not right uh, you know i groan like i'll sit here and somebody my wife gets mad at me for doing this it drives her crazy but she'll you know she'll say something or somebody will say something and i'll go mm. Mm. And, and you know what i'm saying is oh man that hurt boy that oh wow you know and it's usually like i can't believe somebody would be that stupid or uh oh wow i can't believe somebody said that or i can't believe that happened yeah like oh my goodness i've heard uh, you say that in staff meeting i've heard you do that before in staff meeting so mm, now i know what you're talking about yeah yeah that's it that's the groan so when we say that creation groans and christians are groaning it's hey uh something's not right here uh that you know the the deep uh, well, I even talked about the earthquake and, you know, you, when those tectonic plates shift over each other, uh, if you've ever been in an earthquake of any magnitude, you, it, you can hear like a, 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 a groaning, uh, and it's, it's like the earth saying, Hey, we're messed up and mankind we're messed up. Uh, and the hope is not in anything except Christ. So the groaning means, and it's not right. Now, when you get to be my age, fifty-one, and uh, like when you uh, when you when you get up out of a chair, you'll yeah. go, "Mmm." Yeah, that means his old body's messed up. <laughs> That's exactly what that means. Well, your first point, you know, creation groans for new birth, um, and you even made the statement in the sermon that creation is messed up. Um, you know, with pretty uh, profound statement there. Profound statement. Deep I haven't intellect- said, intellectual. I haven't said that you were profound in a couple yeah, of weeks. It's messed up. So um, I'll I'll get back to that. But your your three sub points into that. I mean, there's disease, there's disasters, and decay. Um, so I'll, I'll just let you kind of recap that that first section there and talk about verse eighteen. Yeah, uh, you know, a lot of folks will sit there and say, "Well, why is?" Uh, why is the world so messed up? Why is the world, uh, you know, the way it is? Why do bad things happen? Um, well, because of sin. Sin is the catalyst for it all. That before the fall of man, uh, when uh, Adam and Eve in the garden chose sin, uh, we know that 
the world was perfect and the environment was perfect. It, it gets lost on us. We look at this in context of we can't we can't even fathom living in a world that is perfect because none of us have ever lived uh, in a sin-free environment. And so uh, why does disease happen? Because sin. Yeah. Sin has uh, brought all kinds of um, impurities. Uh, clearly, it changed the perfect creation uh, that God left it as or God originally created. And so, um, you know, folks will come along and I even think I brought this up in the message and they'll say, well, you know, why? Why would God do this? And I know there's there's arguments out there. Folks sit there and say, well, you know, God does. Everything that happens is uh, is the will of God. I'm not one of those that says that. Uh, I, I, I don't think that's the case. Yeah. Uh, I, I, well, I think you can look at God's will in, in different subcategories. Uh, I, I clearly think there's not a single thing that happens that first, you know, it, it God will allow that. God can stop anything. But I would say that God has sown in the fabric, in the DNA of creation, that because of sin, there is this fallout. Uh, it would be like uh, an atomic bomb going off, and yeah, the explosion is over, but you have the fallout that it just keeps right. happening and happening and happening. So the consequences of that, and we are living, we are living in the consequences of the fall, and so it just continues to breed itself over and over again because of where we live and because of who we are. And so disease comes as a direct result of sin. Uh, we said disasters, right? Natural disasters. Which we're familiar with. Yeah, exactly. Living on the coast of Florida and hurricanes, but, you know, the tornadoes, anything. That's just, that's how sin has affected the world. Uh, you know, what was God's desire? Well, we know God's desire. Adam, Eve, perfect environment, everything taken care of. There was no shame because there was no sin, and uh, and then all of a sudden it all changes. Yeah, it all changes, and so uh, it's a direct result of, of who we are and the decay. The kind of kind of the point that I that I made there. Uh, you know, the corruption. It'll even be delivered from the bondage of corruption. That not only is creation itself decaying or breaking down, worse and worse and worse, but our bodies are too. Uh, the created is is breaking down. Um, one day we'll taste death unless Jesus Christ comes back again. Every bit of that is the direct result of sin. You you made this statement um, in the sermon that it's not really the groan of death, it's the groan for something else. Um, so uh, why did you say it that way? Like it's not the groan for death, but it's the groan for something else. Yeah, the groan for life. Okay. Yeah, the groan for life. That, that's what the passage of Scripture says there, that uh, the whole creation groans, labors, verse 22, with what? With birth pains. Yeah. With birth pains. I love the fact that he brings that, the birth pains. So birth, I mean, it, it is the action that brings about something else. We think of birth. We think of childbirth. It's just saying that the 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 uh, the groaning that's happening, even the fallout as a result of the fall, that that is not the way it is always going to be. That one day, all that sin has messed up when it comes to uh, mankind, when it comes to this world, everything. That one day that will even be fixed. 
so it's giving birth to new life. And um, yeah, the pain that we're going through right now, I think, I think I even made the point, the pain that we're going through right now, when you compare it to the future glory that belongs to those that are in Jesus Christ for all eternity, it's just a drop in the bucket. And it's hard for us to realize that folks who yeah. may be listening right now yeah. and you're having to deal with some kind of physical pain or maybe somebody who prom- promised they would always be with you and yet they didn't keep that promise and now you're lonely or uh, you've worked real hard thinking that, all right, I've got these this money set aside so I can enjoy retirement, whatever the case is, and then all of a sudden, yeah, the stock that you chose bottoms out. I mean, we can, we can discuss these different scenarios all day long, um, but uh, it's easy for us to sit here and look at the suffering and the pain that we have in this broken, fallen, sin-filled world and... And think this is how it's always going to be. And yet, no, there, there, is, there is new life that comes to those that are in Christ. And so, let's say 70, 80 years that we live, I mean, compared to eternity, that's like one little speck of sand yeah. uh, on, the, uh, on the beaches here. So, uh, that's that birth. The birth is not a birth uh, that is leading to death but it's a birth leading to life. So that's the reason why Paul can come along later and he can say, man, I count it all joy, the suffering that I go through. God's using this. God's using this to shape me, to make me more like Jesus Christ. But yet this is, this is not where it's going to exhaust because of Jesus. Yeah. I mean, why would I think that my existence in this world uh, and and Ryan, let, let me just stop and say this. And this is what infuriates me so much with, uh, these, uh, health and prosperity preachers yeah. who they want to equate uh, the level of your faith with how comfortable you are in life. And ow, ow, what I would give <laughs> right. to hear one of them share that message with the Apostle Paul. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Paul might even jerk the hair out of their beards, uh, go Old Testament yeah. on them or something like that. But the. <laughs> No, no. Paul is saying, hey, the suffering that we have here, I count it all joy. Yeah. Why? Because it's, 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 it's being used to make me more into the image of Jesus Christ, but I also count it all joy because the day when all that sin has robbed me of, yeah. when, when sin is removed yeah. and that is restored, it's almost like a lot, uh, like a Job situation. Um, hey, it's going to be restored tenfold. It's going to be better than I could ever even imagine because of Jesus and because of him, you know, not only finally eradicating sin, but finally saying that's enough. And that's hard to that's hard to grasp as a human in today's world. Like, you know, I, I, I spend a lot of time with young adults and they're going through some things and I and I try to use that language going, Hey, look, in the middle of this circumstance, in the middle of this trial that you're going through, you gotta understand that God's working through this and at the end of it, like God you're you're gonna see how God worked through all of that and it's 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 hard to it's hard to translate that. It's hard to tell somebody that in the middle of their, you know, suffering that, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's gonna be okay because of the promises of Christ, because of the promises of scripture. You know, we may not like everything that happens, we may not understand the outcome, but man, we gotta we gotta rest in the fact that, yeah, man, he's working in all of this. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 even this I've already been working on 
this coming week's message, and we're going to get in looking at the very guarantee or the very promise that God gives us in the next few uh, verses. It's actually, excuse me, it's not this coming week, it's in two weeks. Uh, so I've been working a little ahead. Sometimes I'll sit there and, you know, I can't remember what I've just preached and what I'm getting ready to preach and all that. But one of the one of, one of the uh, points that I'm is going to be made in the passage of scripture is this guarantee where God says, Hey, I'm going to work all things for your good and for yeah. my glory, the, uh, according yeah. to those that are called to, to my purposes. Yeah. But anyway, so uh, I'm going to say, well, how can we know that? Mm. How can we trust this, this promise is true? And, and I say, because, because God's true. Right. 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 Look at his character. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, look at look at his own experience. So we know it's true because of who God is, but we also know it's true because of our own past experience. Yeah, there has never, ever been a time where God ever let anyone down. Yeah. Now there have been times in my own life where I'm like, at the in the moment I'm like God let me down. Yeah. Can't believe God's letting this pain in my life. Yeah. Can't believe I'm going through this. Now. You know, the reality is, I think uh, a lot of the pain that I have to deal with are a result of my own foolish decisions. Could could God have said, no, nah, even though you made a foolish decision, I'm going to make sure this pain doesn't come near you. He could. Just like I could say to my kid, now I know I told you not to touch the stove, but I know you want to, uh, but I'm not going to let you do it. You know, eventually you get to the point where you're like, all right, they're going to have to touch it to figure it out. Right, right. Uh, and so God has sown into our universe, our creation, there are consequences to sin. And so uh, I'll sit there and I want to, you know, I want, I don't want to take ownership for the consequences of my sin. And so I say, how come God has let me down? How come God has forsaken me? Yeah. How come, how come God has turned mm-hmm. a deaf ear to me? And it's almost along the lines of David. You read some of the Psalms and that's what he's saying. Where are you, God? Yeah. And then... I go through this and I'm on the other side and I'm like, wow. Yeah. God was there the entire time. Yeah. yeah. See, we, we get the promise wrong. God has never promised that he is going to exempt us from suffering in this life. His promise is he's never going to leave us or forsake us. He'll walk right through the process with us. Yeah. Um, and he will bring it for our good and for his glory i mean many times in my own life there's no way he's going to be able to do this for good there's no way yeah. it's hard he, to see it yeah he doesn't tell us how yeah but he always does he never fails and you get to their side and and you know now i look at some of the some of the darkest most difficult days of my own life and i look back and i'm i can even like paul say wow man i'm so thankful that i went through that yeah i'm so, oh man god kept his promise there and in the moment, in the moment, I would have said, "There's nothing good that can come." Get me nothing, out of this as fast as exactly. I can. There's nothing good that can come, and uh, and then again, we got to remember he's on that side of glory. We're on this side. Yeah, we we are. You know, Scripture says that we are seeing dimly now. Mm. That one yeah. day when we're in His presence, it'll it'll be revealed to us in full glory. Uh, I submit we won't care. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of leads us to our second point. And your point number two in your sermon is that Christ followers groan. There's that word again. Christ followers groan for final redemption. Um, And then you even say it like redemption comes at the moment of salvation. 
Uh, and then you kind of talked about the Holy Spirit being the first fruit. Um, there's this promise of more to come. So uh, I have a question. I want to let you talk about that, but I think maybe I have a question in the middle of that, but I'll let you kind of expound on on point number two, that Christ followers groan for this final redemption. Yeah, the final redemption is what will take place when Christ comes back. Uh, you know, we know init- uh, initially our salvation begins, as you said, at the moment of salvation. So the moment the moment that I surrender my life to Christ and I put my faith and trust in him, that's where salvation begins or that's where that redemption begins. But the full redemption will not be culminated until we are in his very presence. And that is the redemption of spirit, soul, body, mm-hmm. that he's even going to redeem the body. So, so the moment we get saved, what he does is he says, I will now at this moment, 100% fix what sin spiritually has done to you. What is sin spiritually done to us? It has separated us from God. And so uh, our, our moment of salvation, the moment that we, again, enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ, I put my faith and trust in you, right then and there he says, okay, the consequences spiritually of sin, separation from God, we'll just go ahead and take care of that right now. Yeah. So now you are adopted into the family of God. You are a child of his that will never be robbed. It will never be taken away from you. It is not built or or based on who you are. It's built and based upon who Christ is and the, 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 the trust that you have in him, the faith you have in him. But then he says, oh, by the way, I'll also take that body that's messed up by sin. Yeah. I'll redeem it too. I'm going to fix the consequences of sin even on your your body, um, and so we'll have we'll have bodies to be made like the body of Christ after the resurrection, uh, which sin has has no uh, has no pollutant on. So you talk about the Holy Spirit being the first fruit. Um, it's it's kind of like you, you said it. It's like the promise of more to come. Uh, we get the Holy Spirit at the moment of salvation. So my my question is. Um, and I haven't given you this question beforehand, so I apologize for this. But um, do you think that we we neglect the Holy Spirit working in our life? Like, do you think that um, that we spend? Do you think we spend more time trying to trying to follow the follow the rules, or maybe this legalism type aspect, and neglecting the work of the Holy Spirit in our life? And that may be a wrong wording, but. Uh, yeah, I'll just ask. Maybe do you think we neglect the the working of the Holy Spirit? Yeah, I, I would say without question. Okay, um, it is it is it is it is a very hard thing, uh, and 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 some would submit you really can't have a full grasp of it in this life. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's yeah. you could you could argue that. So I don't I don't want to make a blanket statement there, but I would say very few of us, if any of us, uh, have ever known a relationship that is built on unconditional love. Mm. I know we have spouses that mm. love us and all this kind of stuff, but yet you're like, I mean, I promise you, there are some things that you can do <laughs> that you can yeah. do uh, in your life yeah. that will your spouse will be like, all right, forget it. You're not my spouse anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, you'd say, well, they'd still love me. Eh, yeah. Okay. All right. But there will never be a time where God will leave. 
There will never be a time where God's like, hey, listen, we're not a part of the same family anymore. There will never be a time. So so we really don't understand that really that that whole Heavenly Father us relationship. Mm-hmm. So that what's the default? The default. Uh, and, and so many of the Pauline epistles are written for the people who default. And they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. But now, man, I'm, it also involves a little bit of me because. Yeah. You know, I want I want to be the child that he really likes. I yeah. want to be the favorite. Look what I um, did. Yeah, yeah. I promise you, there will never be a point in heaven where God says, "You know, I really thought you were a good little boy, but <laughs> wow, <laughs> you've blown me away today. I, wow, look at what you've brought in those filthy little hands to uh, to to lay at my feet." And 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 so I would say I would say the reason why um, now and 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 this <clears throat> it's a hard. It's a hard thing to grasp because did you hear that groan? Mm. It's it's a hard thing to grasp because yeah, a life that is fully surrendered to the spirit of God is going to be a changed life. Yeah. But if we would focus more on falling in love mm. with Christ yeah. and living in the fullness of scripture, versus behavioral modification yeah. then the very thing that we long to have yeah. behavioral modification would happen because we have submitted uh, our life to the fullness of scripture that's another podcast right there behavioral modification like we can talk about that all day but no i, I mean i think you're right like it, it's uh yeah i mean if, if we live in the understanding of who god is and what he's doing treasuring the word letting it um, change who we are, man. I, yeah. Goodness, I well, I, have, I had a con- I had a conversation the other night with a uh, with a young man, um, and uh, who is who's attended our church some, and I was actually at a at a, at a different church uh, function, uh, I don't know, a couple hours away from here, and um, uh, was was involved in leader leading some things. Anyway, he comes out and hey, you know, I'm like, yeah, you look familiar. Hey, yeah, I've been at your church and. Uh, I want to. He was living down here or something, and so anyway, he was sitting there. He said, "Man, I, I'm just. I really, I'm really trying to figure out God's will for my life, and I understand what he was asking." Yeah. And so we talked about that, and you know, prayed about that and everything. And then um, before I left, I said, "I can. Uh, can I go ahead and tell you uh, what I clearly think God's will for your life is?" And you know, and he was kind of like, "Awesome, awesome." I mean, here's the blinking <laughs> sign that I've been waiting on, right? And uh, he might have been a little disappointed when it was all said and done, but I said. I said, God's will for your life is that you love Jesus more tomorrow than you did today. Yeah. Um, and that is. <laughs> yeah. Some- that is. If our pursuit, I'm, I'm promising you, if that were to be our pursuit, then the very mystical will of God as we know it, <laughs> then 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 it would all fall into place. So for you listeners out here, when he said mystical, there were some air quotes happening there. So <laughs> Right, yeah, because God is trying to withhold his will from you. Uh, he's not, okay? Tongue in cheek. Right. We may have to start videoing these <laughs> podcasts so you can see facial expressions. Yeah. Uh, our producer would have to dress a little nicer, though, uh, not wear that 1982 Journey T-shirt. Oh, goodness. Journey. Well, anyway, so, uh, you know, you're talking about redemption, you know, re- redemption commences at the moment of salvation. And then you said it's completed at the return of Christ. Um, but, 
you kind of you kind of moved off of that for a second talking about um you know our, our dead bodies are going to be changed and then you even posed a question you know what about these living christians like what's the, what's it going to be like um you know at the return of christ uh do you want to kind of dive into that i know that's a i know that's a big topic but you you hit it some in your sermon sunday yeah yeah well we know the dead in christ will be raised first scripture tells us that right um, and then those that are alive and remain will be instantaneously changed. Yeah. Uh, you know, what will that glorified body be like? We don't know. Yeah. We don't know. The only, the only example that we have in scripture is the body of Christ. <laughs> right, right. You know, right. Who, who, does that mean we're going to get to walk through doors and yeah. not open them and like we appear and then all of a sudden we're gone and man, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, the stuff like that really doesn't matter. We're not going to be worrying about it, right? Yeah, it doesn't matter to me. I do look forward to a day where, I mean, my knees don't hurt anymore. That'd be kind of cool. But even then, you know, that I mean, that's not the biggest thing. Yeah. Uh, I think the point that he is trying to make through all this is, uh, you know, God, God, man, God is full in scope. He's not going to half do anything. Yeah. He is full in scope. We, we say it this way. He will finish what he started. And he's even going to take it all the way to the extent of I'm even going to fix that messed up body. All right, so um, can can you talk about your sister? Some I know you you mentioned her in in the sermon, and she's got a disability um, starting when she was 11 months old. Um, so do you mind talking about that? Like, yeah, uh, you know, uh, so I'm four years older uh, than my um, middle sister. I have a younger sister that's like 13 years younger than me. So was I was she the favorite. Uh, I probably, you know, uh, I saved money and bought a car and and paid it off $65 a month. Um, I'm married, you know, and and I come home when my sister is 15 and uh, there is a a new car, a little sports car waiting in the driveway. And I'm like, huh, what's this car? Yeah, we bought it for your sister. I'm like, really? But she's 15. Yeah, we got a good deal on it. We thought we'd buy it and she could learn to drive on it. I'm like, are you flipping kidding me? (laughs) Are you kidding? I'm the one who paid $65 a month for the Datsun 210 hatchback. Uh, tore every gear, but second and fourth. Going from, going from you know, first to third, not as hard. Second to fourth, that's a that's a difficult one right there. Uh, but um, My first payment was $123 a month. Right. Honda CRX. Yeah. Uh, car, car payments now are more than my first house payment. And I thought that was expensive. Yeah. But, yeah, my so my middle sister, um, Angie, uh, Again, I, I can just barely remember her uh, before she got sick. Just, just barely. Um, but yeah, just in a uh, uh, one one complete side of her brain completely paralyzed to the point that it would uh, uh, she would have these uh, these seizures that were really extreme, and they felt as though they would get, and they did. They got worse and worse the older she got. So mm-hmm. eventually. Um, when she was in her 20s, uh, they went in and they clipped the nerves from one side of the brain to the other side, the wow. one that was the dead one. And that's the one that controls a lot of the motor skills yeah. and things. And so she's not able to walk or, or talk or, or anything like that. But uh, uh, it's kind of kind of neat. The uh, One of the things that I did when I was in, uh, when I was in college in the summers is uh, I would work as a, uh, a counselor at a special needs camp. Mm. Um, kind of like student camp, except yeah. just all special needs. Yeah. And uh, my parents, uh, they were kind of some pioneers back before it was a, uh, a 
uh, a regular thing to happen. And uh, in our little church, they started a Sunday school class just for special needs. And uh, they, you know, they were running almost 30 special needs. Our church was running 100 and wow. 30 special needs. And this was long before you get your own literature yeah. for special needs. And yeah. some of the things that we have today are just amazing. And so they would write their own literature. Mm. And, uh, and so uh, we, uh, we did not see it as a, and we still don't see it as a burden, yeah. uh, but as a blessing, yeah. but as a blessing. Uh, naturally, I can't, I can't, I can't read this about, you know, bodies being redeemed and all that without thinking of those that are close to me, yeah. uh, like everyone would. And so for me, I mean, it, it, it makes me think of, think of her and the fact that, you know, here she is dealing with disease that a direct result of the sinful world that we live in, you know, out of, you know, why people would sit there and I mean, we, we, like anyone else has asked the question, well, why? Uh, why, why, why our family? Why would we have to go through this and all that? Um, and then you look back and you're like, "Well, it's why not us? Why, why not us? Yeah. Why, why would sin not touch us?" Um, but then you look at all the uh, wonderful things uh, that God has brought as a result of that in in my family's life. Um, and so uh, I, I can't, I really can't remember a time where, where that was not a part of my life. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, just a, just a sweet countenance and uh, still calls me, you know, a few words that she can say. Yeah. Bubba's one of them. Yeah. For whatever reason, she uh, decided to call me Bubba. Yeah. Um, and uh, just a blessing, just a blessing for our family. But I do look forward to the day. Uh, to where the body that holds her hostage, and there are times that you're, you know, I'm, you know, I'm looking at her, and you're just like, man, if she could only talk, yeah, you know, yeah. you tell, you, you mean, you know, she's wanting to communicate yeah. something yeah. if she could only, only talk. And there are folks that, you know, say, well, you know, so your sister has not had the, uh, and this is this is going to be another podcast. Mm. Your sister has not mm. uh, become a follower of Christ, yeah. So. Uh, uh, how do you know that she'll be in heaven since she has not chosen to follow Christ? Uh, you know, I go back to David. David had an infant son. Yeah. And the uh, the infant son uh, was a result of the, the adulterous relationship that he had with Bathsheba. And the boy was sick. Uh, you, you read the scripture in the original language. Clearly, it was, a, it was an infant. And David fasted and prayed and would not bathe. He would not leave the temple. Uh, and um, just man, he was in bad shape. His servants were man. They, we're, we're afraid David is going to do something terrible to yeah. himself. News came to them that the boy died. He was praying, asking God, God, please, please, please heal him, please heal him. And um, and the boy died. And so the servants they didn't want to tell him because they're like, my goodness, if he acted this way while the boy was living, yeah. he really is going to do something bad now that the boy's dead. He's smart. You know, he figures out what's going on. They tell him, and the Bible says this. He got up. He went and took a bath for the first time in who knows how long, and he uh, um, he went and worshipped, and he ate. And they're like, this makes no sense. Hmm. It makes no sense. Why would you do that now that he's dead? And and, and here's, here's what the promise I hang to. He said, well, here's the deal. He'll never again come to be with me where I am. Yeah. But one day. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
I'll go to be where he is. Mm. And so I believe that's a picture of the grace of God yeah. uh, for children who've yet to come to the point where they can uh, understand the difference yeah. between sin and uh, good. And likewise, my sister, who who has never come to the point where you know she can uh, understand the difference between right. I, I believe that's a part of the umbrella of the grace of God. And there yeah. are folks that would disagree with me mm-hmm. about that, uh, and um, and that's okay. That, that that's that's up to them. I just I just think that clearly is within the nature of uh, of our heavenly Father. Yeah, for sure. To uh, to, to take care of those who have yet reached. Uh, or who cannot reach the point where intellectually or, you know, whatever, mentally and emotionally make the decision to trust Christ as Savior and Lord. Well, I appreciate that vulnerability, talking about your sister. I know that's a big deal uh, for your family. Um, you know, and I, and I even like the the vulnerability that you had um, standing in front of all of us. You know, uh, you could tell that it, she means a lot to you. You can tell that you are uh, hopeful uh, for the future. Um, and then you even say it, you know, as believers, we will be redeemed. And that's why we have the hope, you know, going back to your title, you know, hope is alive. Like we, we have the hope, um, of, of Christ. We have the hope of what he's doing and what he's going to do for us. And, uh, man, just thank you for your, your vulnerability and your honesty and, and, and fielding those questions. Um, so if you are a listener of this podcast and you enjoy uh, listening to Pastor Stephen kind of dissect his message and go a little bit further into it and just kind of recap it, uh, we would ask uh, straight from our producer's mouth that you would like and rate this thing so that way we can make sure that people hear it and uh you know, the, the good news will be advanced um, as we're making much of Jesus talking about what he's done in our Five life. Five stars only. Five what stars I'm only. Five star only. Why? You heard it from the pastor's mouth. Five Why a four and a half? What went wrong? <laughs> right, Five right. star only. There you go. So like it, rate it, tell your people about it, and we will see you next time on The Unchangeable Truth. Hey guys, this is Stephen Kyle, and I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today, Unchangeable Truth. Uh, This is a ministry of Highland Park Baptist Church in Panama City, Florida, and we would love for you to visit us if you ever find yourself in the Panama City area. Our address is 2611 Highway 231 North. You can also learn more about our church and its ministry by going to our website, www. Dot Highland and it's H-I-L-A-N-D Park.org. There you'll learn more about what we believe, what we teach, about the gospel of Jesus Christ. There'll also be a sermon archive there so you can go and listen to various sermons over the last several years. As always, we would love to talk to you about your relationship with Jesus Christ. So feel free, shoot us an email info at highlandpark.org if you'd like to learn more about Jesus and what it means to follow him. Our prayers are that you would draw near to Christ, that this podcast would be used to point you to Jesus and to help your faith grow and your walk in grace. God bless you guys. Thank you for listening.